0: So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Oh my God, I don't want to play sports. I don't want to be there. Well, come on. I'm a lesbian. I love sports, and we're going to go play football. Regardless of wherever you end on that spectrum, an LGBTQ individual usually has a little bit of clenching, clutching their pearls when it comes to, oh, my God, I got to do the sports thing. I got to do the sports thing. And I can attest to this as a dad with two girls. I'm like, I dodged a bullet. Oh, no. Then we had the volleyball. We had the basketball. I'm like, damn it. Well, that's what we're talking about today is what happens when you can't dodge the sports bullet and you decide to have a child and you're like oh my god i'm gay i'm lesbian i whatever how do you get through that well my guest today is one of those guys who he's clutching his pearls but he's also like "Hmm, i think i'm gonna make this a comedy tv pilot and see where it goes his name is bradley jacobs and I don't know. He's a pretty talented guy. He's done a lot of stuff in his life. He's been in the news. He's been on TV. He's done a lot of different things. I'll let him kind of explain it, but I'm really excited because he is bringing a comedy pilot to the world. And he's—I'm just going to put it out there—he's looking for people to take this thing and run with it. He's going to whore himself out on this podcast big time, and it's coming out. It's called One of the Guys. And now that I've called him a whore, I guess I should let him say something. So,
1: welcome to the podcast, Bradley. Super excited to have you! Thank you, and I've been called much worse. So, Rick, I really appreciate you having me here. And yes, we'll 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 break it all down. Yeah, we will break it all down.
0: So, um, great. Now that I know I can call you a horror or whatever else, we'll be just fine through the rest of this podcast. So, but. (laughs) A lot of what I said is kind of like true. You had this moment, like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm like I'm gay and I'm having a, a son and oh now we're dealing with the sports stuff. In fact, he gave me a little insight that he actually literally this afternoon before he got on the podcast, he was actually dealing with the sports stuff.
1: Yes, yes. Well, I'll 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 start a little bit earlier than this afternoon, which was um I always saw myself as a parent. I just couldn't wait to be a dad, even when I was you know 19 years old when I first came out during college I always saw myself as being a dad one day and I managed to convince my partner Jack eventually um that that uh we should be parents but I always gay
0: gay man man cannot be parents don't you haven't you read the news headlines
1: let's (laughs) well I I don't live in Florida thank Um, you amen yes yes. um that's subject of another podcast Mm. I think Yes. do that next week. But um, I, you know, I always saw myself as a parent, but you know, the funny thing is I always saw myself as a parent of a girl. <laughs> I always saw myself playing Barbies, just like I used to do with my sister. And just to me, like that was, that was the the gold standard of parenting. And I remember um, when we found out that we were having a boy, I called my own father. <laughs> and I was like, dad, believe it or not, we're having a boy because I just, I was not a very comfortable boy at all, Um, especially up until about like, you know, age 14 or 15. I just was not comfortable being myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just been so interesting watching our son who is just so different than that. He's just so comfortable. And he's been interested in sports from you know age two, and I was just—we have just leaned into it. I mean, it was not my intention. I always, again, thought I would be having a girl. I thought I'd be, um, you know, leading um, trips to the museum and to and studying girls, you know, history, and and it's just been so different having a boy. And but it's just been an incredible journey. And I've I've done a lot of writing over the years about the the ironies of being a a sportsphobic dad who was always terrible at, at, I still can't throw a ball. Um, You know, I just, I never, I never wanted to play football. I would never wanted to play soccer. I never I got lost on a basketball court. And I've, I've written about all these elements of my youth and have just enjoyed contrasting them with our son, who's just so comfortable with a ball. I mean, he just is just such a natural. And it's, it's not that Lucas is this amazing athlete. It's just that boys, you know, boys will be boys. And right. we, I just, I found it so interesting because we have, you know, this whole thing when we were growing up about nature versus nurture and how much of right. being gay is, you know, predetermined when you're born and how much is is conditioned and all that stuff, which is, you know, interesting, I guess, to a degree, but it's just been so wild to just watch this child just so naturally gravitate to yep. uh, athletics. I can. So
0: So relate to that in a whole different way, because I, biological father, you know, I'm like, okay, well, here we go. We're, we're pregnant. And the whole time I'm like, please, your God, please, your God, please don't let it be a boy. Please don't let it be a boy. And I'm like, oh God, what a fucking wimp you are. Right. I'm like, (laughs) I will not do well with a a son. Right. That was my thought. First daughter was born. I'm like, oh Yes. And I really loved it. And then suddenly I find out, oh, wow, we're pregnant again. I'm like,
1: okay. Praying th- once more, once more. Praying Back once more, church. but mm,
0: okay. i not really want a boy, but I guess. And then I ended up with another daughter and I don't, I hope she's not listening to because she knows I didn't just end up with her. I love her to death. But then everything unfolds. I come out of the closet 13 years later and I'm like, oh, wow. I don't think I'll ever have the chance to be a father to a son. And then I met my husband and we had a brief like hot minute conversation about it would be kind of nice to have a boy. And then we both kind of looked at each other like, OK, these two are a handful. I don't think, at, you know, by then I was in my early 40s. He was late 30s. I'm like, I, I don't know. I ain't I'm going ready. back. <clears throat> now we're not going to try this again. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, you know, and I'm not saying this because i don't want him to have them yet but hey maybe we'll get lucky and have a grandson but even then boy girl i just want him to be a person that you know gets to be who they are but i do think it's interesting to watch this nature versus nurture thing happen because neither my girls would would i say they were girly girls but they definitely weren't tomboys they just were who they were and the past they took and now they're 23 and 27 hey they came out just fine did you all hear that the kids came out just fine they had two gay dads they're just fine so um yeah it's interesting but back to the sports so what's been the hardest part of him being like a sports kid that you're
1: like ah yeah i mean i guess i've had to rise to the occasion a few times uh you know i i still like catch myself scrolling Instagram at his soccer games instead of paying attention and he's kind of acknowledged over the years like pop doesn't really you know care that much and he's like you don't need to you don't need to call my name you don't need to really um you know pretend like you really really care that much but I mean I guess the some of the hardest parts are I have ended up surrounded by so many dads you know straight dads and they were never really my population um they've never been my population from you know age 12 13 on I mean I was always one of the girls and uh (laughs) you know I have had you know I have plenty of straight male friends well I I have them here and there but now the of days because of sports I'm I'm with a lot more men And it's a, it's just a different vibe. And uh, I've tried to put some of that into my writing. Um, You know, I, I had a whole piece in Shondaland that I did a few years ago that really inspired this pilot, which was about how, you know, I've, I've been blessed with all these new heterosexual male friendships. In fact, a whole group of us from school, like five families went on vacation together. And you know, I was struck one day, like, oh, well, I'm sitting around, like, the pool shirtless with all these men, and the last time I did this, it was on Fire Island, and I was drinking Planner's Punch, and, you know, there were, there were no wives, and there was no beer, and there, you know, there were no kids running around, but, right. but um, and, you know, these, these guys, um, you know, guys have come a long way since we were growing, growing up, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to speak for myself, you know, I was a bullied kid, I was very effeminate, bad at school Uh, I'm sorry I was good at school and bad at sports and I wore very colorful clothing and you know I was I was always just a you know real effeminate kid and I was picked on a lot and you know men have come a long way Um, now of course Mm. we're adults so the bullying happens differently if it happens but I've I've been very fortunate to have some great men around me and that's I think one of the themes of the show I've written too is kind of gay men kind of breaking breaking down the barriers that they established long ago between themselves and straight men uh and you know now some of my best friends are straight <laughs> some of my best friends are straight men yeah <laughs> funny how that too. happens right yeah yes yeah. So, i mean i just like i was saying just today we had a soccer tryout and i one of my dad friends texted me like you know Good luck, and you know, make sure he wears, brings the right shoes, make sure he brings the right gear. Um, you know, they're are you, are you,
0: are you sure he wasn't talking to you like bring the right shoes, bring the <laughs> yeah. right gear?
1: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, you know, they're uh they're they're a great breed of men, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's been it's been it's been fun. And one of the actual friendships in the pilot that I've written is between main character and the first dad he really befriends on the team and that to me has the potential to be the heart of the show because it could really break down uh it really allows two two guys to break down um the stuff that's built up between a gay guy and a straight guy you know over the years um and uh you know i'm excited about that particular arc between those two characters
0: and i think about this a lot because i came came from quote unquote, we all okay. All of us gay men came from the straight world. Let's just be, let's be real about it. We, we didn't escape it by any means, but coming out of that heteronormative space that I came out of as a quote heteronormative guy who finally came out of the closet many years into my life. Um, it was interesting to see how I navigated that because, you know, n- I wouldn't say anybody really knew, but yes, people were like, yeah, we kind of wondered. I'm like, okay. I wasn't like clutching my pearls and wearing heels and (laughs) where's my feather boa. But they're like, yeah, but there was a sensitivity to you that we picked up on. Like, you know, you were just really into being a dad and you know, you're doing all these things. I'm like, well, that doesn't say a whole lot about straight men if they can't really be into being a dad and doing certain things. Right. But as I started to navigate through it, I also realized that for a lot of people, it was like seeing me in the way I just showed up in the world. Like I was just a different energy, you know, and I started to latch on to that after, as you know, after the coming out and going through divorce and everything, I started to embrace this is who I am. Now, I also realized. Okay, a lot of the straight dads I was hanging out with, I was just like, I was just jonesing on them. Like, I'm going to hang with them because they're all the really hot ones, you know? Let's go with them and let's leave the others, the beer drinking like Bubba's. Yeah, not really, not my type, but it's just, it's interesting to see yourself navigate it. And then once I was quote unquote on the other side, so to speak, um, to see that our own community kind of turns its back on in some ways gay men who really are into sports and really into Hmm. some of the like heteronormative stuff i'm like whoa wait time out isn't this us being as hypocritical as we call others at times because there's nothing wrong with liking sports in fact one of the guys that i've um talked to numerous times i don't think i've ever had him on the podcast but he's the founder of out sports and Hmm. it's interesting like wow there's a whole online presence of out sports and like gays lesbians all these people who are really into sports but i've sat in many places with many gay well they're just so hetero i'm like
1: (laughs) yeah it's it's a whole big ball of wax isn't it yeah you know you um and i again i try to get at this in the within the pilot you know you're kind of you're trolling following the sports but you're kind of into the guys too like you sort of can't help but objectify them you know even when we were watching the super bowl with our son and a whole bunch of other 10 year olds and their parents like i was like oh that quarterback's really hot right. i don't even remember what team he was on anymore <laughs> but i am googling him and texting my sister about him you right. know i mean it's my way of kind of owning this in right. some ways because i've never been into sports and now i'm i'm surrounded by it so i'm like listen yeah. that 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 hot you yeah, know exactly um, uh you know but I, yet I people
0: also- can go to the stereotype too like oh, so, oh, so you're gay. Oh, so you must really like ice skaters. I'm like, really? Okay, yeah, they got great asses. I mean, who's not going to say that, right? <laughs> but don't make that assumption that, oh, because I'm gay, I only like, you know, you know, synchronized swimming in the divers, which again, the divers are hot. They got great bodies, right? But let's not objectify in that space just because I'm a gay man that that's the only thing. I mean, i I find football players and baseball players, like <laughs> I'll salivate all over them. You know, it's like, hey, they're just really good looking. But yes. that isn't like the thing that drives me. Like, oh, I get to go to a game, so I get to go. You know, no, that's not why I'm going. I was well, a you're big there football for the game,
1: guy. right? But then the, the, the fact that they look good is sort of the right. It's the I bonus on, on top. Yeah, yes, I yeah. do get at that in the TV show. There's there's one character who's the biggest bully, who's also the biggest hottie. And I thought it would kind of combine these two because it's sort of everything that that everything all at once. You know, I was really attracted growing up to the football players at my school and they were also like the biggest bullies I mean I Mm -hmm. feel like they were the ones who could see that I was you know I was quivering next to them I was so intimidated by them attracted to them I hated them I lusted for them I mean again everything all at once you know and that's the, the character of Toxic Mike who I had a lot of fun characterizing and you know he's He's uh, in in some ways a nemesis um, and a, like an illustration of everything that that we kind of feel is mm-hmm. is gay guys growing up when you when uh, when it comes to your classic jocks.
0: So I actually talk about this in my book because there was um, well, there's two people. I'll only focus on the one. And now I like okay, I totally get why. I like I'm kind of I'm a big guy. I'm six foot four. I'm 300 pounds. I, I've always been a big guy. I've, Weighed less, but I'm just big bone guy, right? Well, even in high school, I was a big guy. I wasn't near as big as what I am now, but I was still six foot four, two hundred pounds, right? I, I was a force to be reckoned with. And I went to a private church college. So here we go. Let's play the harps because here comes like the juxtaposition, <laughs> right? And it was a boarding school, but I wasn't in. I wasn't in the dorms. I lived in what we called the village. I lived adjacent to the boarding school. And I was always like, oh man, just going and being in gym and everything was like intimidating. And because it was a Christian seventh day Adventist school. I mean, there was lots of weird stuff like, okay, well, you can't walk across campus in shorts, but you know, because it's gym, you can like put your change in the dorm and then go run across to the gym, all this weird stuff. Right. <clears throat> so of course I was always intimidated by the whole sports thing. And then one night I was staying with my best friend in his dorm room. And as guys will do lots of different things, suddenly like there's this noise going on in the dorm hallways and stuff. And suddenly everybody's like running downstairs to the basement area where there's some rooms. And so like everybody's decided it's wrestling time. I'm like, oh, God, this is the last thing. (laughs) The last thing I want to do is be wrestling. Right. But there was a little short guy that I was always silently crushing on because I just found he's a little, shorter, stocky, true wrestling-looking type, even though we didn't compete in sports. Seventh-day Adventist churches don't. We don't compete sports-to-sports, any of that stuff. But he was compact little wrestler. Now, that was well before I'm like, oh, compact wrestlers, they're really hot. That wasn't even <laughs> like – because I wasn't exposed to it, right? I'm in his private school. So suddenly, he grabs me. He is like literally – probably not quite a foot smaller than me but almost so I'm like oh okay wow he grabs me and he's like come on we're wrestling I'm like I don't try not to go but I don't wrestle but I don't wrestle please <laughs> no and then suddenly in the midst of this wrestling thing okay now some people listening to this are gonna go oh my god here we go it's a porno uh, I, I, end guess. Up on, I
1: know where this is going to
0: I ended up on top turn it up and suddenly there was like this oh my gosh we are body to body we are crotch to crotch and it wasn't me who mm, it wasn't me who got hard it was him and suddenly this panic-stricken look came over his face and it was suddenly like the two worlds were suddenly colliding because in that moment he actually was in his own freak out ironically, years later, I find out, of course, what we all know, he was gay. But like me, he was Mr. Jock, Mr. Sports, Mr. All of this. And here I am not being that I'm having this freak out moment. And then, of course, as soon as he got hard, I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I can't I got to get off of him. Right. And I did. I got off of him really quickly and stood up like, Okay, I conquered you. Well, as soon as I like moved off of him, he flipped over really quickly. Like, I can't let anybody else see this. And this fear of all of this coming together at the same time was such an interesting thing that I've, I've sensed, obviously I talk about it now. I talk about it on stage. Like what is the fear of what happens when the person you're most trying not to be suddenly shows up Mm. and suddenly the two of those people meet, Mm. I'm afraid of being who I am with him. And he's afraid of being who he isn't with me. And suddenly the magic kind of happens and then here we are and i think this happens a lot in the quote heteronormative gay world where suddenly oh, a guy who's super hetero suddenly realizes he has something going on it may be driven by sports or something else and then suddenly like ah. right. and i'm sure you've wow. had those moments like where you're like okay i'm going to the i'm going to the sports thing. i'm going to the sports thing do you ever feel like I got to like keep a certain persona on or have you like got to the point where you're just like, OK, I, I'm a gay dad and I'm coming to the sports thing and here we go.
1: I guess that's my persona. I mean, I, I haven't been in the closet for you know 30 plus years, but right. Um, in some ways sort of when you have a son who is so into sports, you're sort of going back in the closet in some ways because you're always yep. meeting new people. And it's often dads and, you know, your average straight dad is not exactly, you know, um, a welcoming committee at these sporting events. So, you know, I'm, I often kind of don't quite know what to do or say with them. I always gravitate toward the moms. I've always, like I said, been more comfortable being one of the girls and uh, sometimes there are moms around and sometimes there are just are not. And I just have had to own it and say, you know, oh, you know, I'm. I'm one of Lucas's dads. Um, it's an amazing, you know, he's an amazing athlete. I don't, I'm not sure where he got it from. I guess he got it all from his other dad. Um, and I just kind of own it because I can't fake it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know, just today I I complimented my son on making an assist and he was like, good job, Papa. He knew the word. (laughs) Like, you know, that's where we are. Um, But I I have, I mean, I have had a really good time writing about it. Um, Oh, there's a, there's a cute, sexy thing that happens. So, you know, sometimes he's, he's, uh, he plays in Chelsea, actually, where we live. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: um, sometimes there are like 20 year old, 25 year old, 30 year olds, um, playing on the very field next to him, and I will take video of them. Right. <laughs> it's just, so beautiful to see, you know, um, uh, where were we?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. There we went. It all started with me in the basement with the jock, and now here yes. we are videotaping 25 yes. year olds on the playground. Yes. Okay, yes. there we go. But we're not creeps. Trust us, folks. We're not creeps at all. No. So. no. But, what but we, I think uh, it's also interesting, though, when we step into this and kind of own who we are we like truly own like hey this is what i am into and it's i always find it so fun you get a group of gay men and it's like it's a party and it's going to be a sports party it's like oh this is going to be a fun one like right all the yeah. outfits that will show up right
1: yeah in, in my 20s i used to get invited to a gay super bowl party uh-huh. and i have a plotline uh, coming up on the show but on the upper west side of new york some guy used to have a party every super bowl and it was you know 90% gay men and uh you know basically no one would be watching the game or there would be some hardcore guys watching the game who would be like shut up over there right (laughs) you know um one of the things i do get at in the show that that um i wanted to just mention while we're here was that you know the gay guy who's the center of the show has a son who's very into sports and then he also has a gym teacher father um Mm. who is the you know the grandfather of his son so that's one of the elements that I really loved kind of creating is this dynamic between the gym teacher father, who's about 70, who never, ever got his Gen X son, uh, his Gen X gay son. I yep. mean, if you are if you are a gym teacher, like your heart and soul is sports, your heart and yep. soul is athletics. And, you know, I have a couple flashbacks where you see the gym teacher himself as a young man or in his 40s just being so disappointed by his own son. You know, and just not not being a, a person who's able to recognize who his son really was and the beauty of his son, only being disappointed. So then, you know, ironically, 30 years later, the, the, the son grows up to have his <clears throat> own athlete son. So then you have, that's that one of these wonderful dynamics in the show right. that I love is the grandfather, father and child. Um, and it, awesome. gets, it gives them a real arc over the show where the, the 40-year-old father can really and the 70 year old grandfather can really kind of come to terms on what they went through mm-hmm. and their disappointment from both sides and that their the 10 year old son jasper is the one kind of bringing them together so that's that's the real like um sweet emotional core of the show right. and that i'm you know i'm looking forward to seeing and developing
0: what do you hope people take away
1: from the show I guess um, just to be, you know, open and empathetic to the way other people live, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I think uh, it's such a big topic, you know, but basically, you know, we all kind of get comfortable in our own vibes and then you have to get thrown out of your vibe and you sometimes do it for someone you love, like a child or a parent or a partner or a sibling, you know, I mean, this this 40-year-old gay dad thought his life was going to be a certain way and he was you know, the opening of the show, he's, you know, he's very excited because his son's going to audition for little shop that afternoon. And he always loved musical theater. And he has his son taking classes at the MoMA, and right. you know, being on the I committee and, and the son's like, dad, like, I don't want to do any of these things anymore. All I want to do is play soccer. I want to try out for soccer today. And it, it really throws this dad for a loop. Um, and, and, but he, and he sends the whole rest of the show, just sort of trying to come to terms with that. Um, and trying to come to terms with all these other, like I said, all these other dads. I mean, his whole life is kind of, you know, women and fashion right. and the, the things... I mean, he's a he's a writer at a, you know, a, at a fashion website and a music website, kind of like a um, vulture.com or mm-hmm. vanityfair.com. Um, and, you know, he's just not used to straight guys and not used to sports. And he created a whole life for himself where he didn't have to... None of these things mattered to him. And now suddenly they matter because right. his son cares about them. And that's so I feel like that's the kind of at least I have been trying to capture something universal in that. Um, so that's that's what I'm hoping.
0: That's awesome. So, what inspired you to do this?
1: You know, I'd I had written six or so essays over the years for USA Today and Shondaland and Mom.com refinery and Different friends had said, you know, you're just you're capturing something that's a um, something real universal about parenting and and, you know, getting to know someone else and being challenged and put out of your comfort zone. And why don't you try writing a pilot? I mean, I've always you know, I always I covered entertainment for Newsweek and Us Weekly, I've been to Sundance a bunch of times and been to the Oscars and I have always loved movies and TV and I'm, I'm a student of those. And I just thought, well, why don't I try my hand at one of right. them? Uh, try my hand at something. I certainly, you know, I certainly know the material. You're supposed to write what you know, right? Isn't that the first cliche of writing? Yeah. Uh, write what you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I did know this story, a, a gay dad with a sporty son. And so I just started doing it and it took you know, lots of writing, lots of rewriting, lots of favors from friends, professional writers who read it, con- gave comments, gave notes, a lot of times, you know, it's disappointing. You have to go back to the drawing board. that you really are excited about. It just doesn't work. Right. Um, and then you, you know, but then occasionally, you know, you send it to someone and they, they come at it with a different um, eye and you're like, wow, like that's a really great idea. I would have right. never, ever thought of that. So, you know, it, it's sort of a two-way street. I mean, you, you have to open yourself up to criticism from other writers who know what they're doing. And it sort of hurts, but then you also really learn from them and and are taken in in new directions from them. At least that's been my experience so far.
0: So, catapult twenty years from now, the show takes off; it becomes a hit. What do you think your son would be most proud about?
1: Oh gosh, what a! It's just leaping over so many hurdles. There, I mean, I think he would be proud that I had really tried to do something that was kind of unusual and and you know I mean I've been a journalist my you know my whole career and then I was a communications professional for a while and and uh so I I gave this a shot and I think he would be really proud that I that I did it you know so thank you for flash forwarding to, sure. to the future the only reason I did that is somebody said somebody said that to
0: me when my first book came out they're like so you know, 20 years from now, what do you want your girls to be most proud of about, you know, frankly, my dear, I'm gay. I was like, well, where the fuck did that question come from? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't care if, if it's, they're proud of it, that it, if it became a bestseller, but I guess I would be most proud that I wasn't afraid to just, you know, share my truth and encourage other people to like, go do the journey, you know?
1: Oh, that's and beautiful.
0: I, Just because I think it's one of those things, like the more we put this out here. So let's kind of go there for a minute. Like, I feel like anything we're doing, you or I doing this podcast, you doing your show, our books, your writings, whatever they are, we're just trying to communicate to the planet. We're not that different. That's the bottom line. And, you know, given especially everything the way it is right now, it's like, if we could just like, Hey, but wait, <laughs> I get up in the morning. I get kind of bitchy with my husband when he doesn't have his coffee, like, uh, you know, whatever it is, we're pretty much the same as the rest of y'all, <laughs> you know, my kids are just fine. They're 23 and 27. And, uh, they're not super fucked up. I don't think they are, but you know, maybe they're <laughs> hiding something, but we did a pretty good job. I mean, cause we, I mean, my husband came into the girls' lives, when they were 18 months and almost six so they pretty much have been raised by two dads yes their mother too but you know it and they've they're pretty damn good you know
1: well aren't they lucky but yes I, it's uh, it's so. a beautiful universal truth that really our lives aren't that different but let's explore the things that are different right and i guess that's what i'm trying to do with my show and and just uh uh, learn something from each other, you know, and have some laughs along the way. And, uh, you know, maybe just uh, increase a little openness, because it's sort of a, a less and less open world in so many ways. Um, right. we, don't, we haven't ta- talked about Twitter. We haven't talked about social media and, and all the kind of hatred out there. But um, I, I, I have complicated feelings about it, to say the least. And right. uh, so I, I like to just put something kind of more positive out there. Yeah. about kind of breaking down walls between people and getting getting to know each other and respect uh, respecting each other. yeah
0: speaking of being positive, it'd be really positive if you could get this show picked up, right?
1: Yes, sir. Thank yeah. you, Rick.
0: Of course. of course putting
1: that out into the world yes
0: yeah. And, and one of the ways if somebody's listening and they would like to say, hey, I'd love to talk to this guy with this really cool concept of, picking up a show and having a real conversation about where it's at, what it's going to do. If they wanted to contact you, Bradley, see how I work that in so smoothly, man. And just like,
1: you've done this once or twice. Yeah. I'm yes. Kind of like the other things in life. <laughs> um, I welcome emails. Um, I'm happy to share my pilot with, with any of your listeners. My email is uh, BJS. So that's like Brad B for Bradley J for Jason S for Sam. The number one, and then nyc for new york city at gmail.com awesome and i'd be more more than happy i mean i would be thrilled if if anyone listening would like to connect with me offline about it
0: so i can tell you i had the privilege of like reading through this folks and i was laughing on the first page because i'm like oh i've been there i was feeling the feels i'm like here we go but dad i don't want to do that i'm like oh god here we go i have heard those words and i'm like okay great you know and you know it's been interesting with my own girls like all the stuff they did or didn't do or did but didn't really do like oh i'm gonna sing and then i'm gonna do this yeah for god's sake can we just settle on something and then when they did the sports i was like well okay let's see if this goes anywhere and it didn't really go anywhere (laughs) because they didn't have that sports gene you know um But it's been fun to see and read what you are putting into this and going, I would love to, I would love to be sitting here a year from now and go, okay, buddy. So you hit now what, (laughs) you know, of course, a year from now, you'd be going like, Rick, who, I don't know. Did we have a conversation? I'd be (laughs) like, where's my martini? Where's my latte? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, girl, I'm taking that, all that fun we did a year ago. It's, it's going down. It's off the website now. So, but. Um,
1: oh, you're great. You're great. I'll and and back just one week.
0: last. Yeah. And one last question, because I think this is something that, that people miss when we're doing these amazing, like, let's go have impact in the world things. Not only does it take a belief in yourself and a confidence in what you're putting out there. It takes you being surrounded by some really powerful people, primarily a really supportive spouse. So, how's your husband with
1: this? Oh, you're so sweet. My husband is the greatest, Jack. No, my and, husband's um, the
0: greatest. So, you want to go? Oh, okay, you well, want to go in the boxing ring, very, or this man? No. <laughs>
1: I'll cut a girl. Okay. Um, Jack's always been very supportive of me as I try my different creative endeavors, and you know he's. Um, a part of the show and he's a part of my life. And he's, you know, he's been very um, kind and my biggest fan. So, I mean, you could just really can't do it without. And I'm, I have lots of insecurities and lots of moments where I worry that I've made a big mistake. And he's always there to kind of say, let's, let's go with it. Like, you know, I want, I want, I want you to push onward, you know, not look back. Um, so it's, uh, and uh, I mean, of course, our son Lucas is a, is amazing too, and my inspiration. So uh, that's my family, you know. Yeah, yeah, I can attest to that a hundred percent. I mean, when thank you I... so much. Plus, my mother and sister, if they're listening, <clears throat> of course,
0: of course, you know. And, <laughs> and and it is. It's interesting to see where people start to line up. You know, my husband's been more than supportive in so many different endeavors, and. And, you know, it's part of being in a world. It's like, you know, your spouse, sometimes you're going to be taking the lead and then other times they're going to take the lead. And and so, again, if any of you are listening, we're not that much different. This is what happens in gay committed relationships, too, is, you know, we do the things the same way. And I'll, I'll never forget the first time I said this on another interview many moons ago about, yeah, behind every great gay man is another gay man. I'm like, wait, hold on. That one went backwards, like real quick. That's that. (laughs) Like, but well, it's kind of take it the right way, folks. Like, well, again, you can take it both ways. Okay. But um, it is. There's like I remember thinking, okay, why how do I really want to say that about my husband? Like beside every gay man is another gay man who is standing right there in solidarity with them.
1: Yeah. Well, that's nice. Just because Pretty that's, what I
0: think what, that that's what I think catapults this stuff forward. So, all right. So I gave you the option, bitch, to like you threw your email out there. So it is not on me if suddenly you get stalked by weirdos. I'm just putting that on the airwaves so that I don't Again, get used Been stalked
1: by plenty in the past, right? Yeah, yeah, I can handle awesome. them.
0: Well, good luck with everything, man. So enjoyed this conversation. And literally, when this hits, you will be doing a podcast with me. Yes,
1: I'm putting that out there. I will be thrilled to be back. Thank you so much, Rick. Oh, of course, amazing. And,
0: And I hope you all enjoyed this. Please reach out to Bradley if you have any connections or you want to like. Hey, I I could probably help you some way because this is how we continue to have impact in the world and bring beautiful art and all that good stuff that makes the world well the next will and grace from my Uh, lips to, you know, wherever.
1: So, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. I really appreciate it. It was was a super fun discussion. What a joy. We're done. Thank
0: you. We're done. We're going, we're going (laughs) bye-bye. The cameras are stopping. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week. And we'll be back in just another week with both podcasts, because this is coming to you live on Life Uncloseted and 40 Plus Gay Men Gay Talk. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end, and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves, and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And we just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up and stepping into to living your life uncloseted.